Hello. Hello, Merlin. How are you? I'm fine, Dan. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, are you still um, live, uh, reporting live from the floor, even though it was yesterday for the for the Big Apple event? Uh, I'm still here. All the celebrities are around. Uh, they're still enjoying craft services. Uh, they're <clears throat> Dan. I do you have, have a wee cold or something allergies. going on? I have yeah. allergies, so I sound really dusky today. I don't. As long as it's just allergies and nothing serious that I need to be concerned about. Well, I don't think you'll get it, but. I don't know. Oh man. Oh yeah. It's a show floor. Um, Oh, <laughs> mm, yeah. We should talk about that. What do we got today? We got some odds and hello. Good morning. Yeah. We have, um, we have some odds and we have some sods and, yep. uh, we've, we've both prepared a little bit for some sods and odds. Uh, and I think you, you wanted to talk about the Apple event. Do you wish we want to save that for the, uh, the primary topic? Yeah, I think so. That could work. I'd be down yeah, for that. I have, a, I have a lot to learn on that. Oh, uh, I mean, it was, it was interesting. I definitely think we hmm. should, uh, care and share about that a little bit. Yeah. I need to learn about that. I, I was, uh, recording with our friend John Roderick yesterday and I had it up on my iPad muted. Yeah. While we were recording, we recorded a really good episode yesterday. It was a very, very, very good episode, but I, I did have... Oprah in the background, just, you know, yeah. I had, I had actually turned it off before she came on stage, not because I thought she was coming on wow, stage, wow, but Dan, just because wow. I had gotten bored do of always, it. Do you always, what is it, is it that she's a woman or that she's a person of color? What is it that makes you want to turn off the TV when people I, come on? I would actually say if I had known she was going to come on, I might've kept watching, but, mm-hmm. um, oh, I see. after the they started, issue parading out the celebrities one after another after another i just i found it to be tedious boy i hope that's better than it looked and uh, and i just i just said i can't do this anymore if i had known oprah was coming on uh, yes. i would have kept it on just so i could see her giving away the ipads because i understand everyone got ipads uh, that's who nice she's that. nice about that <laughs> uh that yeah okay yeah i i um i i have i have takes that are hot that I will uh, <laughs> I will keep to myself because I didn't actually fully experience the uh, the sesh. Well, we'll we'll get you caught up. We'll get right, you up I'd to speed. That. Yeah, I appreciate sure. that. I have really bad allergies. I was up a lot. I had a dream about Donald Trump Jr. It was really weird. Um, we do have some uh, little bits of stuff. Uh, I just want to say um, we did have our final ungainly X Man meetup at Two Cats last week, and it was really nice and somber in some ways. And today, the twenty sixth of March, on the anniversary of the day I lost my virginity. Um, wow! Should, you even remember the the day? I haven't even sent out my cards. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, by the way, I just. I don't want to make you feel bad about this, but okay, I, sure. I was not invited. So you were not invited to my losing my virginity. Yes. Oh, I'm. Oh, I see those. Okay. Yeah. No. It's a. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It was complicated. There was just a couple of us there in a police album. Oh, Lando's mm-hmm. Demore. I can't <laughs> hear that. Wow. I mean, yeah. and this this all happened just a few months ago, I guess. So it's still yes. fresh in your yeah. memory. Yeah. Still haven't told. I still haven't told my daughter about it, but <laughs> yeah. There yeah. are other ways to conceive. You know what? I'm super, you know what? We're both canceled this week. <laughs> Dan and Merlin are canceled for being problematic. <laughs> Boo. Boo. Uh, uh, yeah, in 1984, Reagan was president. Um, so anyway, uh, we had our, our, our final meetup there and it was real nice. Got a chance to say goodbye to the team there. And um, I just wanted to, I don't know. I just wanted to say uh, people who have learned about the meetup over time, 
since I guess 2013, something like that, um, have learned about it, I think, somewhat primarily from, maybe partly tweeting about it, but also from this program. I think it's how a lot of people learned about it. A lot of folks who listen to the show end up coming and uh, like, you know, from the Bay Area, like there were people there who were like taking a long BART ride home. There's a people, guy from I don't Nevada think, Marlon, that pe- was there. Yeah, people don't really understand how big the Bay Area is as a whole. And I learned that from you when uh, when we were going to record. I said, oh, I've got this little space we can record. And you're like, Dan, it's a big process for me to get like to where you're going to be. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, if you're a car person, you can go anywhere. You just hop in your McLaren, mock, mock. <laughs> but um, I saw a McLaren the other day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, hang on. It's a motorcycle boy. Really, really gun it. Um, there's a fellow there. I mean, I don't want to talk out of school, but a fellow who's come to two or three of these, uh, who's a super nice guy. He's a legally blind man from Novato who takes a bus to get here. Wow. Now, go that's look dedication. At, go, look at, go to a map and look at Novato and look at what that would be as a bus ride. And it was wild. I mean, anyway, there, there, it's, it's been really nice. And I think I can say with some confidence that a lot of people have made pretty good friends there. Um, you know, when you get older and you're not in college anymore and it's, it's difficult to find a caress you can hang with or a grandfaloon, um, like it's, it's important to have things that you do. And I think for me in particular, it's been, I've, I, I have done it at that location because A, I love that place and B, it's super convenient for me. It's like, you know, a mile from my house. But, you know, um, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's come out over the years and uh, especially the folks who came to that last one. Todd from the internet was there. He got to meet my wife and that was nice. Uh, love Todd. Um, but anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks to two cats. Thanks to everybody who's come. And I, I don't have anything actionable on this, but if you're one of the folks who has ever come to the meetup and you've gone a couple doors down to the Irish bar to have a drink after, the, you know the nice lady who runs the bar there, who's arguably the most efficient bartender in the entire goddamn city. She does the entire bar by herself and she's amazing. She offered uh, us a location to have the meetup there. See, that's what I was going to ask is, do you have any like other things in mind? Are you going to keep it going? I don't have immediate plans right now. And I'm a little, uh, to be candid, I'm a little, I mean, part of the fun of, there's so many good things about the Two Cats Place. It was perfect for this sort of thing. And I did want to support my local comic shop such as I could. And people would buy stuff and that was nice. Um, but, uh, I don't have an immediate plan. That place would be good. She's real nice and super accommodating, very nice lady. And, um, I'll say just if if and when we do another one of these, I'm not super pumped about doing it in a bar Mm. because there are people under 21 who come and like a couple friends of mine who come to all of them were there with their new baby and stuff like that. So uh, at two cats, um, really cute baby. And, uh, you know, so I- I'm gonna think on it, but like, uh, it might be a different kind of thing than we've done before, obviously, cause it's not, you know, a comic shop, but, uh, yeah. So, 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 you know, keep an eye out, nothing immediately planned, but, uh, it's worth at least giving it a throw, you know, cause it's a really nice bar and she knows exactly what I like to drink. You know, it's nice. If I'm having a drink, she knows what I want. Yeah. You don't have she to like tell her, a- tell her how sure, to do sure. it. Sure. She always, she always hands me when I walk in, she hands me a double Fernet Bronco. Yeah. It's kind of a dare drink. Yeah. Fernet. Look it up. It's really nasty. Uh, uh, all right. It's like, the, it's not like Malort level nasty, but it's up there. It's like, it's in the Pantheon with Malort. Ah. It's a, it's a, uh, what do they call it? A, a digestive. It's a, you know, it's one of those after di- European after dinner drinks. Yeah. And it, it tastes like pain and cough medicine. And I, I like it <laughs> and I'll have one of those and then I go home and go to sleep like a gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's all I want to say about that. Thanks to two cats. Uh, my, yeah, my, my, 
uh, I won't get into it, but my daughter and I are getting more into D&D. So uh, they went there yesterday to uh, clean out some D&D stuff from two cats. My lady took my daughter there. Uh, so they're still we, sort of open. They're just like... Today's the la- today is the last uh, day. okay. Yeah. We rolled character sheets yesterday. Nice. The new D&D stuff is so much prettier. I've tried to like foist my... 1980 whatever dm guide into her hands and she's like yeah. oh god this is so ugly and the print is tiny the new stuff is so pretty and so easy to understand it's amazing it's not- when you when you think about how the original ones were made i mean it was very much the old school like you know like cutting with a razor blade and gluing to a board and that's how they like typeset they didn't have computers oh, sure. to do that you know well, go pick up go go pick yourself up a player player handbook or a dm guide the classic with the demon guy on the cover and um and my goodness the type is tiny oh it's very very little um but um it's it's weird when, when I, I wasn't into D for that long but mostly i was into AD&D, advanced D, yes. which was you know the style at the time but i did pick up the reissue of the original D in the little white box and it, it's interesting, like how much simpler it was in the '70s. In some ways, they added a lot of that <clears throat> complexity of the rolling, so many more things in the '80s. It used to be, you know, it used to be more like a fighting game, I think. But uh, no, it's cool. Um, I'm a. Um, I mean, we just we're gonna just roll in, rolling characters we can throw away, and they have this really great way where, like, I don't know if they've always had this, but like you can go in and like roll random stuff to find out, like, you know, what your job is and stuff like that. But I'm a human monk. And she's a high elf, uh, I think a high elf bard. I'm not sure if that's even legit, but she uh, she really wants to be a drow elf. And I'm like, honey, you're a little young to be a drow elf. Seriously. Yeah, that's a bad scene. You don't want to, you don't want to get mobbed up with those guys. You know what I'm saying? You got to well, be chaotic. While you evil. guys were, were making up characters, I was, uh, although I didn't, I didn't dress up or anything as exciting as, you know, some people do. I did attend the, um, the Austin, what they call, I think they call the Sherwood Forest Fair which is a Renaissance <laughs> festival. Wow. 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 Yeah. Not a medieval fair, a Renaissance fair. Yeah. They, they don't call them medieval fairs, uh, enough. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I, you hear more about Renaissance fairs, but the ones I've seen are more like medieval fairs. That's where yeah. you get like a turkey leg and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like a, a Renaissance fair, you learn about what forced perspective, um, <laughs> you learn about all, <laughs> All the, all the right. great, all the great Italian uh, painters, probably. Uh huh. That's right. Yeah. It's a learning. It's a learning. Thing. I'd like to go to an Age of Reason fair. Oh, <laughs> you know, you know, just kind of, <laughs> kind of an 18th century vibe. You meet yeah. Voltaire. Hello. <laughs> an Age of Reason fair. <laughs> to capture that. I got it. <laughs> I think it would be a little something like this. Did I mention I have really bad allergies? Yeah. Dan, uh, Dan, talk more, uh, but we have some more little odds and slots. So do, do you want to talk about your Renaissance Fair experience? Well, well you know, I heard, every, you, I heard you picked up something important. I, yes, I did. Um, so, you know, we try to go, we try to go every year and uh, the Austin one is very good. The Houston one is the big one. And apparently it might even be the biggest in the country or it's, it's one There's of the biggest. There's a lot going on in Houston. Houston, yeah, I'm not sure it needs why. Fairs. It really needs fairs. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, isn't yeah, Houston I, kind of the Florida Houston, of Texas? Houston, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, yes, isn't it, it kind is. of like the Opalaka of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Houston Midland. Renaissance Fair. I'm trying clicking. to see if it's still the biggest one in the country. Anyway, it's a big one. 
it's called the Texas Renaissance Festival. That's the name of it. And oh, it's nice, nice. October through December. I'll put that in the show notes because that's Please, the one, yeah. that's the big one. But anyway, the Austin has its own, which is not bad. And, uh, and it had, you know, it, it, it was time to go. This is the time when you go. And so I went and a, a friend of mine who is here in Austin had gone the weekend before. And he, he, I, I asked him, he said, oh, you know, I, I texted him a Saturday and said, Hey, you know, what's going on, pal? And he said, oh, I'm on my way. I'm driving up to the Renaissance fair. And I said, oh, cool. And so then later I texted him and I said, Hey, how, how was it this year? We're thinking about going next weekend. And he said, Oh, I'm still there. And I said, Whoa. Oh, it, it's, it's late at night. He says, Oh, I'm staying over. I'm sleeping in the castle. Sleeping in the castle. Apparently, tell, tell me about the castle. Well, there's a castle Jenny. and the, apparently it's also like a motel that you can stay in. I don't Whoa. know. He stayed it, in the, it, he stayed it, <laughs> Is it damp? No, he said it's just, I said, is it like a real castle? He said, no, it's it's just like any motel. He's like, it's fine. You it's have a like, castle-themed motel? Well, I didn't even know it was a motel. I just knew it was a castle. But apparently, you <laughs> you go behind the throne area, and there's a set of stairs, and you go up to your room upstairs. You have to raise the portcullis for room service? I don't know, but uh, he did that. But anyway, <laughs> he told moat? me, he, he said, well, I got a sword. And I said, you mm. did. And he said, uh, yeah, I got a, I got a sword. I said, you know, I've always looked at the swords, but I've, I've never pulled the trigger on one. And he said, well, right. you, you've, you've got to. And so I went and I bought a sword this time you around. I don't know what sword, to do with it Dan. because I don't have like a costume. I don't have anything to go with it. I'm just a, a guy with a sword, which in, in Texas is, is kind of not usual. I know really? in San Francisco, it's pretty normal, but pretty, pretty, pretty. I mean, there's Dan, let's be honest. You're an adult man. A lot of times you don't, you don't need a fire extinguisher, but you'd like to have one. Yeah. That's, you know, how, that's exactly what makes a I'm ton of sense. Well, apparently I learned a lot about swords and swordsmanship because once they see that you're swordsmanship, once they see that you're going to buy a sword, they, they have a lot of knowledge that they want oh, to. Is there like a three day waiting period? No, it's Texas. So you no, no, there's no way. Right yeah. There. You just walk in. Okay. Wow. Um, and, uh, and, and so I learned that as far as swords, modern day swords go, there's three <laughs> categories of modern day swords. The first is what you would just call like a, a show piece or a replica piece. And so the examples of this at the first, uh, sword shop that I went to, I wound up getting at the second one, but at the first one, <laughs> you went to two sword well, shops. They, you have to, you have to, you know, you have to price compare and you have to, oh, you know, right. You have F's, to the F's and B's of a given sword. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I, and I'm really hoping that someone's going to draw a picture of me with a sword. I'm re this is a secret hope and desire. I've so always that, had. that would be you in your usual, like uh, slightly upscale, uh, tailored sort of like well-fitting <laughs> pants and shirt. You're very clean, but you also just happen to be I happen to have a sword. sword slung over my, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to how I wear the sword, but we'll get, we get to would that you look, in the photo. If, if you're in the drawing, if you were to get some kind of like a, a deviant art of Dan with a sword, yeah. uh, would you be menacing? Well, how would you, well, how would I'll you leave that. Yourself? I'll what, leave, that, leave that to the artist. Yeah. Maybe I have an iPhone in one hand and the sword in the other. I don't know. It's not a two-handed sword. No, no, that's too much. I don't, I'm not. Vorpal, a vorpal. <laughs> it's a vorpal sword, probably. <laughs> vorpal. I haven't yeah. tried but, but it yet. Do you, do you have to be lawful good to use a vorpal? I don't remember. 
Mm. I feel like a Vorpal. Vorpal is, uh, I think of that as going with a paladin. Yeah, if you're a paladin and you have a Vorpal sword, then you're, Vorpal. you can't be, you have to be lawful good to be a paladin anyway. And yes. what happens yes. if you're, if you do something that goes against being lawful good, then you can't be a paladin anymore, right? You become a regular fighter or fighter. something. Fighter, yeah. I don't know. I guess you probably keep your religious affiliation because isn't part of it that yes. God made you a paladin? Yeah, like you or a cleric did. Cleric, yes. Yeah, it's somewhat confusing now. They have more classes, formal classes, like right off the top than there used to be. Like now what we used to call a thief is a rogue. And ah. then there's a, sub a subclass of rogue called thief. Okay. I think that's also maybe where they put an assassin, but I'm not sure. Oh, I remember it's the assassin super. class came out in Wizard Magazine. Wizard. <laughs> I remember Wizard Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. I totally remember that. Yeah. I, I think they were buying it a lot. They, yeah. They would introduce all the different classes in that first. And I guess if they stuck, then they'd make it into like the new player's handbook next round or something. But okay. like the monk and the assassin were two that I remember started in there. And I like the assassin. And they, I, I could swear that there was a ninja class at some point, but maybe I'm just imagining that. This, the book is, you know, I'll put this in show notes. Uh, whatever, I don't know what this is called. If it's player handbook, I, th I think this is fifth edition. I think it's called, I think it's the version that they play on the adventure zone. Um, but I'll put this player handbook in notes. If anybody wants to pick up a copy, it's uh, it's real good and real sensible about walking you through, you know, uh, like first, basically, I think, you know, first you pick your race mm. and then you, I, I see, I, I remember rolling. I feel like we always started with rolling with the four dice to get your abilities. I let my daughter cheat. We did five dice and threw out the two lowest because we wouldn't be super strong in our first strong man character we're making. Like you're going for like 18, 100 strength. Yes. And then you get bonuses and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. Okay. So I'll put that in notes. That I'm one sorry. lizard man in that book. Do you remember that? It was a white book. It was not a module, but it had like, it was the one that had all those cool. We've talked about this damn thing before. I'm sure. Uh, but it was, it, it was the white soft cover book that had like Morden Kanan in it and all the like people who oh. actually worked at TSR and their characters. And there was one guy that was a lizard man Whoa. because he had been turned. I'm going to have to look this thing up. Dungeons yeah. Tell me more. I, I'm, I'm, I'm spacing on what this was. I'm sure I saw it at, at the time. Uh, I'm clicking and I'm typing mm -hmm. and I'm. There's so much gear you can get now. There's so much gear. We yeah, we got a bunch of. I just put in show notes the dice that are arriving today. We got some nice dice, some metal dice coming. Metal, metal. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Because we're you know we're we're a little low on dice. I got the oh let me see here it is. I got the uh I got the Frenda zinc alloy metal polyhedral seven dice seven. <clears throat> I have allergies. I got the Frenda uh, zinc alloy metal polyhedral seven die dice set for Dungeons and Dragons RPG dice gaming D and D math teaching. D20, D12, two pieces, D10, D8, D6, and D4, black and red. <clears throat> They're metal. Uh -huh. Metal dice. I, I remember getting the little plastic ones, and then you, oh, get, your, you get your crayon, and you'd... Oh, yes, you'd to, like, color in color the in. Uh, recessed number part? Yeah, because the die, dice that I always the, had weren't... Those were so cheap. Yes, yeah. I remember that. And then you'd color them in and then, and, and you'd like, you'd try to come up with like, if you had red dye dice, then you'd of course have to do white. It'd be like a, a blood red bone white kind of motif going, Ooh. you know? 
And then you do, you, you get the, the shiny ones or something that looked sort of, they weren't metal, but they had like, like a metallic-y look to them. I'm going to have to search. I'm going to wait for you to kind of go on a, on a rant and then I'll really dive yeah. in and see if I can find this uh, book that, uh, that I used to okay, have. Okay, I'll do, I'll, do, I'll do a mini rant because this, this has been a funny, this has been a funny journey for my kid who is a self-described nerd. Like, but... Like, okay, so there's, there's a funny, there's a funny running bit that we talk about, especially when we're walking to school and I'll tell her about the time I've told this story before, but you know, I was in ninth grade, ninth grade. And, uh, in eighth grade, I'd rejected the idea of D and D because I thought it was sounded silly, but in ninth grade, I got really into it probably for like a year and a half. It was like an obsession of mine. I was really into like, uh, Ozzy Osbourne and D and D and, um, that yes. was more 10th grade, that's more 10th grade. Ninth might've still been hollow notes, but, but anyways, uh, and, and, you know, I, I was cobbled together the cash to get like, you know, the player's handbook. But at some point in ninth grade, it got real bad where I was spending a ton of time with graph paper in front of me. It probably harmed my studies, but, uh, but I would carry this when I say gym bag, you know, my daughter doesn't know that term. The millenniums don't know that term. But you know those big, like, what do you call it? Like, a, not a tube, but like those, those big kind of, they're, they're almost like a cylinder with a handle. Yeah, like not a big, exactly a duffel bag, but in that family Right, bag. like it's in the duffel family. But I would have one of those with all of my D&D books, all of my module stuff, lots of graph paper, and probably some figs. And I would carry that around school. So, so I had, I practically got scoliosis. I had so much D&D. Oh, it wasn't Wizard was, Magazine. It was Dragon Magazine. Sorry to interrupt you. There's, no, there's probably a dragon too. What Wizard? Wizard? Wizard. And you know what? Oh, maybe we had a folly I do. Because I, I thought it was called Wizard too. I think there is a Wizard Magazine, but that's not where they would put the classes. It was Dragon Magazine. Sorry. Was that a TSR Magazine? On... Um, uh, you know, probably. a friend of the show, uh, Tony Sindelar, is listening to this. I think we're going to get some heat about this. Mm. But because uh, I think he worked, I believe it's Tony that worked at Wizards of the Coast. But anyways, uh, uh, if you have any corrections, please, please share them, Tony. Um, um, and so she thinks that's the funniest thing in the world. She thought for, for the last few months, she's been laughing and laughing and laughing at dad for like how crazy, like a dorky nerd he was. But then there's been this slow process. And like I say, she re- she rejected the DM guide from the 80s because she was like, this is the nerdiest thing I've ever right, seen. Right, sure. She's like, if I have to move, I got to roll dice. Like, what is this? And something happened. Part of it in the last week has been we went, again, my, my goal with the two comics thing was I wanted to lavish some cash on them because I wanted them to have some, you know, they got to clear out all of their stuff. Yeah. And everything was 50% off. So we bought some stuff. We bought some, we bought some dice. We bought some really cool figs. She got a frost giant. She got a gargoyle. We don't know what it is, but it's just cool. It's just cool. And, and, and like her dumb dad in 1981, she's suddenly interested in the ephemera and stuff of D&D, just like I was. I was not into like playing the game. I was no, into just, absorbing myself right. in the universe. Yes. I just want to make dungeons with like hidden panels and stuff. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and this just That's sort all. of provided a nice framework for you to do that. It wasn't so much that you wanted to or needed to play it. You were just having fun crafting within that, that well, me- mind I not, space. I was not steeped in Lord of the Rings. If, if anything, when I got into it, I remember thinking, wow, this is a lot like King Arthur stuff. Cause I was more aware of that. I had never read any Tolkien, but she's, she and her mom have read the Hobbit and she's seen all the movies and she's made this connection 
And several times when we were watching the first Hobbit movie, which is better than I remember, she said to me, now, is, is this based on D&D or is D&D based on this? Mm. I said, to a large extent, I think D&D is based on this. Yeah. Halfling. It's yeah. called a halfling for copyright reasons. Exactly. That's a Hobbit. Yes. Let's be honest. You know, they have a name. Use it. So anyway, I ranted a little to let you find your thing, but just just to say now now there's ex- this explosion of interest, and sometimes she'll just she'll be, she I came home. I should send you this hilarious photo of her. Her mom took a few days ago of her holding up the player's handbook with all of her post-it notes on it. She had color coded post-it notes for all the things she wanted to show me. E means cool stuff about elves. Oh. I means important information about playing the game, and she'd like filled out. And, she'd, and it's just her holding this up. I cannot wait to show this photo to future romantic partners. It's, she's wearing like a Steven Universe shirt and holding up a, a player handbook. Wow. <laughs> anyway, and it's rekindled my interest. So, you know, I don't know if I'll play a lot. I never played a lot, but, you know, um, but it's, 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 it's and it, you know what? Honestly, it's just, it's fun to do with my kid. It's really cool. It's cool that she's into the stuff, you know? It's yeah, fun. it really is. It makes me happy when my, my children find or take an interest in something that I used to like. And How can you not like that? It just makes you, know? you happy. I mean, you know, we're, we're small people, Dan, you know, but, uh, and you know, and she's looking forward to like in middle school, there's a D and D club. She's interested in like boning up enough to be able to join that club. That's great. Which I'm sure I feel certain will ensure, uh, popularity and success. You know, she, <laughs> uh, her, her friend started her <laughs> yeah. friend, her two years older friend started an anime club there. She's looking at that. I think she's going to be in good shape. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well. She's not going to be playing field hockey. But you know, the, the interesting thing, know, though, know is... the importance of the 20-sided die. Today, in today's world, the stuff that you and I were sort of, or potentially, or actually ostracized for, is now embraced. Yes. And nobody nobody uh, says, ooh, you play D... Like, I remember oh, yeah. kids finding out, I, I've told you this, but it's still there in my brain like finding out that I like had a player's handbook and read it uh, that they would like, well, we're not going to be like, we can't be friends now because if you remember back then it uh-huh. wasn't, it wasn't bad enough that like D and D was for nerds. Like you had that, but then combined with that was the story of how like D and D caused people to go crazy and commit suicide. You remember that, yeah. right? And there was that yeah, movie with yes. Tom Hanks in it. Oh, I, I, yes. A very young Tom Hanks. I yeah. Very, very was, young. But he, he played. That's when people thought it was a, it was a, a Satan thing. And yeah. I will find the satanic panic episode of you're wrong about to put into notes. Cause it's extremely good. Oh, did they but cover yeah. this topic? Oh, one of, one of my favorite episodes. I mean, the, the stranger danger, you know, I like the rhyming episodes. Yes. The stranger danger one is extremely good, but the, so the satanic panic was their very first episode and it really took me back. John and I have talked about it. The Roderick and I have talked about this. Like, so, so here, here was the file card on D&D in the 80s. Is that first of all, it was obviously satanic. And it was D&D existed to lure impressionable dorks into worshiping Satan. And then the other narrative, by the, I was kind of out of it by this point. But then, remember the narrative was these uh, maladjusted uh, people, they're practically, they, they thought of it as practically like Columbine kids. Like the, you're going to go into sewers and kill each other in a sewer. Do you remember the thing about like, oh, these people go and they play these dangerous games in underground tunnels. And that became the story. Mm-hmm. You know, do you remember that? It's like, yes, oh, it's all terrible. Yes. The satanic panic, adding it to notes. Uh, I, I'm also looking here at the, the chart from uh, the wonderful God brunching shuttlecocks 
one of one of the early blogs made this thing. You ever see the the geek hierarchy? I think hey, me, so. Remind remind image. me. Remind me. Yeah, let me send you the image here. Uh, this is so funny. So, like, it starts at the very top of the geek hierarchy is published science fiction and fantasy authors and artists. Oh, wow. This is you some chart. The, you get down to the next level, and it's, like, science fiction and fantasy literature fans. <laughs> Heinlein fans has its and own then, branch. So you, yeah, exactly. It branches out into all these directions. They all, People, everything leads to furries. And then that leads to erotic furries. (laughs) And then the final lowest, as of 2002, according to Brunching Shuttlecocks, I did not write this, that the the final lowest point you can be on the geek hierarchy is people who write erotic versions of Star Trek where all the characters are furries, like Kirk is an ocelot or something, and they put a furry version of themselves as part of the story. (laughs) Oh, this is so good. I like that there's, there's science fiction television fans, Trekkies, Trekkies yes, who speak ex- Klingon, Trekkies uh-huh. who get married in Klingon garb. <laughs> and next level, furries. After that, you go to furries. It all, it all, it's furries all the way down. Oh, wow. Title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My son really does. Um, uh, he, is, he has told me that he wishes that they offered Klingon as a language elective that he could take in middle school starting next year. But they, they don't anywhere. So... I have a funny story for you. All right. And then, then I want to hear about something you like. All right. um, probably my second or third year of college, we had two psych professors. This was a very small school. We had two psych professors, one of which was heavily like old school Freudian-ish, and the other one who was very much like uh, cognitive science. And I think, I want to say that the cognitive, like, you know, modern person, like went on a sabbatical or did study and we had a new teacher this teacher was a real interesting guy i took a class with him on mnemonics you know like memory devices uh it was a pretty good class but he was a real interesting guy he lived on campus and his name was dr lawrence Schoen. and uh and he distinguished himself in part uh by being a man who spoke uh pretty fluent klingon wow <laughs> and this was later, this was a long time ago too where that so this was 1988 or wow. so wow now, if you go and look up Lawrence Schoen today, I think he's like a preeminent Klingon scholar. I love that. Lawrence, I love that. S-C-H-O-E-N. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty positive he's written a book about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at him. There he is. Dr. Schoen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. He's got a lot of Klingon. Oh, he's got a Wikipedia page. Look at that. He's only seven years older than me? Whoa. He probably seemed wild. like a granddad back in those days, didn't he? Seven years, well, when you're like 20, seven years yes. is like eternity. Schoen founded the Klingon Language Institute. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. Schoen founded the Klingon Language Institute and has published Klingon translations of Shakespeare's plays, oh. including Hamlet, Much to Do About Nothing. That's awesome. The Gilgamesh and the Tao Te Ching. In the realm of Klingon nonfiction, Schoen edited and published The Grammarian's Desk, a collection of essays. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's pretty deep in this. Oh, and he's also a hypnotist. Of course. Yeah. I wonder if he juggles. I bet he juggles. Does he hypnotize you in Klingon? <laughs> Relax. Uh-huh. I don't, you know, I didn't watch, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really watch Star Wars on TV. Dan, um, uh, did you want to talk more about your sword? Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I cut you off. Several, three kinds of swords. Before you talk about something you like, 
Um, tell, tell me about this sword. Is it, is it sharpened? Okay. So the first type of sword, and this is all, I've only been in possession of this knowledge for 48 hours. No, I understand. I understand. You're a sword newbie. Very much. So I may get it wrong. Uh, but my understanding is that there is a, uh, the first level of sword is more like a replica piece. And so then the first this is like a katana you put over your desk. Like, the yeah, guy like, like that. So I went in the first shop that I went to, um, I said, Oh, you know, let me tell me about your swords. And the guy was like, and of course they, they don't, they don't speak to you the way we are speaking. They speak in a sort of faux middle earth. Yes. Uh, good, sir. Oh, I was they're kind of, in, they're they kind of in character. Kind of. Half, oh, halfway, wow. Being halfway. kind of in character is yes. super interesting. And and so they're like, ah, oh, my good lord, may I show you one of these fine swords? You know, that's oh, sort of the goodness. yes. And they, but you yeah, do that's not definitely a juggler. You yeah. are not expected to respond that way. You speak to them normally while you're looking at your iPhone, and then after you do the transaction, they they ask for your credit card and put it through a little stripe reader. But uh, the first kind of sword is a replica sword. So an example of that would be, they'd say, oh, the, an excellent choice, good Lord. Uh, th- uh. This this sword is a replica of uh, Aragon when he was in his strider guise at the such and such tavern Whoa. meeting with Sam. Uh, anyway, so then they had like a replica of Gandalf's sword and a replica of this other sword. But the problem with those is that the the metal of the sword itself, it's like um, it's like a just like a plate of shiny metal. It's not actually doesn't look it's not like a sword or anything. No, it's not folded. They don't only make a katana, don't you fold it? Isn't That's a for the Japanese folding? sword, yeah. But these are not. I don't think folded that way. But the, this I, is just like a like a flat piece of metal. It's not really a sword. It's you, not really a sword. It's a sword like it's a it's a sword shaped metal. Metal, thing. yeah, yeah. But the hilt all right. and all of that stuff looks. Like it would, but then the blade itself is nothing. So then the next, the middle range sword is what they might call like a stage combat kind of sword. So it's, it's a real sword, but it hasn't been super sharpened or anything like that. But it, if you were perhaps on stage, it would look to the audience as if it was real and you can, you can do some combat with it. And it's actually designed to be used in stage level combat because it's, it's, real that sounds like a big step up it's a big yes and then the final step is a full-on like this is a sword and the woman telling me about this one she's like yeah you could you could certainly cut through a torso with one of those what that's what she said (laughs) what what's your what's your strength what are you are you like are you like an 18 are you a barbarian i don't know if she was saying i personally could but that a a person standing very still and you'd have to like run at them well she showed me one of them and it's as sharp as your like uh henkel knife in your kitchen like these things are as sharp as a henkel yeah they're very very sharp (laughs) so i got the mid-range one because you never know you might want to do some combat what's the engine you used to have in your car a wankle engine (laughs) sharp as a wankle sharp as as a fiddle and sharp as a wankle (laughs) Okay. All right. So you're saying it's like kitchen knife sharp. Yeah. Yeah. It's like chopping onions sharp. I, I believe so, but I didn't get wow. that kind. I got oh, the, did you get the, stage I got the, one? the mid, the mid range stage combat. And one. if you went and you can't really, can you have it sharpened? Yeah. Not really. Sure. Okay. No, I could totally, I mean, I, and I, I don't know how much that would cost, but I could take it. There's a knife guy, uh, in town at the, um, love a knife guy, the love place where I get, uh, Those people know what they're doing. Barbecue at the, um, Mm. Uh, the little Sunday mornings 
here in Austin, they have a farmer's market where they've got a really, really good barbecue truck there. And that right next to the barbecue truck is a knife sharpener guy. Love so I suppose I could bring him, yeah. I could bring him the sword, but I don't want it. I don't want it too much. I, it's, I'm dangerous enough Where with you, it I already. mean, like the obvious question here, the elephant and the sword, um, <laughs> which is a wonderful Disney movie. Um, <laughs> That's the, the new live action one they're coming out with, right? <laughs> uh, do you keep this at your office? Is this something that Cash could attempt to brandish? Uh, I let him hold it, but uh, I have mm. it at the office now. It's here. It's here with me. Mm-hmm. For safekeeping, I might display mm-hmm. it. Is Hattie allowed to use it? Uh, no one can touch the sword except. Has Hattie expressed any interest in the sword? Mm, yes, uh, yes, she loves that kind of thing. And um, what, what she, kind of thing? Like you know, Renaissance yeah. fairs Renaissance. and, and <laughs> Renaissance dressing up weapons, in costumes. Perspective. And, She's into it all. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so she was. She thought it was great. Uh, but you know, uh, she knows if she um, that she would have to ask to use it. It's not. You know. Oh, it's, it's, it's like, like the, you're, the wand finds the wizard type situation. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But it, it's it's safe here in the office. But it comes good, in a good, good, it good. comes. Well, here's the interesting part. It yeah. comes in a scabbard. You know, it has its own leather. Hey, all this is handmade, custom made stuff. Jiminy. But the thing is, you, you they don't give you like I. So they, they you know you buy it, and I'm like, okay, well, I, I guess now I need some way to attach it to my body. Because oh, it's just a sword in a scabbard. It's not, or you a sheath. You can't just attach it to your or, fanny pack. You need some kind of a bespoke sword belt. You need some kind of sword belt. There's probably belt. a name for that. It's probably, probably, it's probably got a, a name. For These the, all, the everything has belt. names. Everything has everything names. Everything has a name. <clears throat> yes. So I yes. asked the lady, I said, D- is there some kind of belt or something? Because I'm not going to walk around just holding this thing all day. Is there some kind of thing I can get for this? That's She's why like, you have a squire, right? <laughs> she says, of course. Does it come with a squire? No. Do you get a boy? They no. should give you a boy. No. So she that's sends extra. me over to extra. to there Rev's, are three levels of sends boys me over to Rev's uh, leather working, which is one of the boys is purely ornamental. Another one is for stage fighting. That's right. This no. is an authentic boy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> so they sent me over to Rev's leather working right next to the castle. So I go over okay, there sure. and the, this is a place that makes custom leather stuff in the style of the time back then. And so you, you go, I went in there and there was a guy in there and he was fully dressed in his leather garb and had all his accoutrements and everything. A lot of leather going on, a lot of leather. And I said, uh, I said, I just bought this sword and I need something to, to use to wear it. And he said, well, I can, I can certainly help you with that. And he said, uh, he said, how are you wanting to have it? I said, well, Maybe like Deadpool with it on my back. And he said, no, oh, no, no, no. like a sword backpack. And he said, no, he said, that's not, that's not a thing that you do that's with this kind okay. of sword. And I said, all yeah. right. That what would look cool. You yeah. Like a ranger. That but would be awesome. Well, he said, no, he said what you, he said, there's two things. He said, we do make belts and you can attach it to your belt. He said, but the muscles of your upper back are much stronger than the muscles of your lower back. So what we recommend is this other thing, which had a name that I think began with a G, but basically it goes like, you know how Chewbacca has the, the metal thing. Yeah. Going over one kind of one side of your shoulder across to the opposite Mm -hmm. end. That's where Um, he keeps the cigarettes right in there. So they, they make a thing like that for your sword and then they, in the guy like got it and he's like, okay. And he puts it on me. Wait, he's wait, like, wait, okay. Wait, you're saying like the thing that goes diagonally shoulder, yeah, goes across. To, shoulder on right side or to like uh, hip on left side. Yeah. This is a very common way to carry a sword. Apparently I had no, that's a smart look. 
it's leather no and it's got a big buckle on it. Sure. And, uh, and so he, he, he put one on me and he said, well, he says, we're, you know, based please on draw this somebody just like, doesn't, doesn't have to be an animatic, but like, please, please draw Dan in this garb and so washing he, his hands or something. He says, uh, he says, you know, he says, he says, you're about the same height as me. He says, I'm going to punch a couple extra holes in this for you. So he customized it. Is he a halfling? He, no, he wasn't. We're not quite <laughs> halfling height, Merlin. What? And by the way, you're not that much taller than me. So he would have I'm had to punch extra you, holes. Buddy. Not a lot. Not well. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so he put the extra holes in it. And then you have he like a round door on your house. Not you yet. Go in, you not have yet. a nice pipe. <clears throat> <clears throat> it's not time for second breakfast, is it? So he, um, <laughs> you think we know about second breakfast? Oh, yeah. Okay. So he put this thing on and then he, he attached <laughs> a sword to it. Never air. No, this, this will never air. Never air. I mean, all right. So, so he's making you a Chewbacca sword holder. Well, the whole the thing doesn't man look of your, like of the Chewbacca stature. thing. It's just a leather yeah, sure. belt that goes meant to go over your shoulder. And it's, it's a torso belt. It's, uh, I need to look up the name. Oh, of so it. you wear it more like, like you would like a, like a, like a Jansport backpack kind of like it just, you do over one shoulder, like a cool kid. Yeah, it goes over one, but the the sword still hangs down by your waist hip so that you can draw it correctly. It's not behind your back or anything. Have you practiced drawing it down? Have I practiced drawing it? I mean, I drew it a few times, but, but, you know, noise like shink. I, what? Does it go like shink when you take it out? I thought you were in a movie. Yeah, it does. Uh, but uh, there so, was. Well, you said it was leather. Like I don't know if it makes a. Sh- does it make? But it makes like a cool like whoosh. Well, sound? the out. Yeah, the outer part of it is uh, metal, I guess. So it, it oh, still makes so a sound. Cool. But um, you can't. Th- they're you know just like at a comic con where they don't let you have anything like a real weapon. Of course, they understand that you have to have real weapons at a, a Renaissance uh, fair. So right. they do something called, and I don't don't totally understand the point of this. But the lady, after I'm buying it, she goes and gets this little leather cord, and she's like tying it around the hilt and looping it through a thing, and she's like, "I'm peace tying this for you." Peace and tying. I, peace tie. And she says, "This is a hmm. peace tie." And I said, "Okay." And she says, "That's." To, back in the in the olden times, it, a lot of the time you had warriors who would refuse to give up their weapons when they would enter the village or the thing around the castle, whatever that thing is. And so to accommodate warriors who did not want to give up their weapons, they would peace tie them, which basically they would take some kind of tie or cloth or something visible that they would tie to prevent you from unsheathing your weapon Oh, interesting. It's almost like a, a, a safety for a sword. It's like a safety, but you can still take it off, but I guess it would prevent you from like, someone looks at you wrong. You're not just going to pull your sword and, and, and behead I them. I get it. I get it. It would, it, would, uh, it would slow you down a little bit as a warrior. Yeah. Wow. Peace tie. Peace tie. You learned so much, Dan. You I learned be, a lot. Wow, is it, you think this is going to become like watches for you? No. Do you, no. How many more swords do you think you'll get in the next couple of years? None. None more swords? No. This is enough. One is more than enough. I guess so. I don't know, man. You you might get real into it. You probably thought that when you when you bought your first uh, submarine watch, like or, or whatever, like you probably thought, oh, I know, I only got one wrist. Well, I got you know technically two. Depend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not ableist, but you do have places to put a watch. You you can't wear them all at once. This is exciting, <laughs> Dan. Yeah. Dan, we're, we're forty three minutes in. You got to tell me about something. Woo! you like. All right, Woo! I would love to tell you all about molecule. Molecule. Molecule is uh, is a really cool device. 
It is an air purifier, and it is the only air purifier that actually destroys pollutants. So, Molecule, it's a complete reinvention, replacing 70-year-old technology, which is what you're going to find in pretty much every other air filter out there. And, uh, and of course, you know, the, the analogy would be, imagine if your phone was the same as it was in the 1940s. Uh, that's exactly when the technology that's being used in every modern air filter, uh, that's, that's the tech is from 1940s. You wouldn't use a 1940s phone. Why use a 1940s air purifier? The last major innovation in air purification was in the 40s. That's when they invented the HEPA filter during HEPA. World War II. Uh, Molecule has a brand new kind of science that's actually capable of destroying air pollutants at the molecular level. That's why they call it the molecule. It has something called PICO technology. It goes beyond HEPA filtration, not to just capture the, uh, the air pollutants like a HEPA filter does, but it actually destroys a full spectrum of indoor air pollutants, including those that are a thousand times smaller than what a HEPA filter can even trap. Uh, so this, this has a meaningful impact for asthma sufferers and allergy sufferers. They did a study of 49 allergy sufferers and uh, they presented this to the American College of Asthma, Allergy and Immunology, which, you know, I, I missed last year. Maybe I'll get to go next year. But yeah. uh, Molecules Technology provided dramatic and st statistically significant sustained symptom reduction. That is a within difficult a week sentence, of use. Dan. I know. I don't want to do I it again. I can't believe you made it out of that one. I'm not going to do it again. No. Uh, one customer even said that uh, she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. Pretty, pretty, pretty big stuff. Um, pretty the, the research that they've done has been backed by the EPA. And uh, this, is, this is beneficial for so many levels. If you have allergies, if you have asthma, uh, and it, it has helped us in our home. I, this is an anecdotal thing, but I feel like we get sick less having had this thing because mm -hmm. I put it in the main room where my kids are all the time and they seem to be sick less. I, I, you know, I'm not doing a, like a double blind control based study for this, but it just, it seems like it's helping. And I certainly feel better from allergies. I, a bunch of my friends are suffering really bad in this springtime Austin allergy thing. And I'm not, maybe it's a molecule. I think it is. Uh, and I really love this thing and it's super cool. It looks super cool. It's got a little display. There's an app that you can use to control it. You can make it like operate in, in silent mode. You can set it to full auto. You did all this cool stuff that you can do, but this is, I just want to say, this is a really, really high end device. It looks beautiful. It unboxes like an Apple product. And, uh, and it, it just, it looks wonderful. It's not the kind of big, white, ugly sort of, appliance looking thing this thing looks very very cool and very modern and uh, whenever people come to see it they always ask about it because it looks really really cool so it's like this kind of monolithic cylinder that's awesome but anyway it's spelled m-o-l-e-k-u-l-e -E -E, molecule with a k molecule.com is where you go and if you use the promo code back to work you will get 75 bucks off your first order again that's pretty molecule good, good deal m-o-l-e-k-u-l-e molecule Use the promo code back to work for 75 bucks off your order. And I hope it helps you as much as it's helped me. Thanks very much to Molecule. Dan Benjamin. Thanks, Molecule. Bok, bok. Oh, gosh. Uh, How are you doing? You feeling all right? Oh, I'm good. Just reading this <clears throat> quote from Justin McElroy uh, a couple years ago. I would marry my firstborn daughter to a juggalo before I let her date a juggler. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> It's such a good program. <clears throat> uh, we got a couple more sides before yeah. we get to the Big Apple event. I'm still reporting from the show floor. 
Um, no, I have a real nerdy thing that's not worth mentioning, but nah, it's not worth mentioning. Um, no, I want to hear it. Come on. Well, it's, it's, it's not that interesting to people besides me. And it's a little bit hard to tell you how to do this, but there's a thing that I picked up using TextMate back in the day. I'm not such a, I hardly open TextMate anymore because I still have TextMate 1. But, um, but there's a thing you can do, and I don't know if this is common, a common key command. It seems like, I feel like I've seen it in other places, but I write a lot of lists. You know, I do a lot of like, well, the markdown version of like a UL, mm-hmm. like so asterisk line of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and to move them around, you know, it's kind of a pain to select the line and copy and paste. And I, I imagine this is something that Emacs and Vim do probably with some kind of, you know, method, but right. control, command, arrow up to move a line up is, is something I love and crave everywhere. Uh, control, command, arrow down uh, to move a line down. And some things I feel like I want to say task mate. I can't even test this now because of my new technology. I was asking um, uh, Brett Terpster about this. Like, what is the easiest way to add this functionality to NVLT? And of course, he has an answer to that, which is that he has... Are you familiar with the idea of key bindings? Yes. Okay, I will put into notes... Okay, this is the one, the one thing Brett Terpstra has made that as as released was even too wackadoo for me, but it is super interesting, which is his file of key bindings. So basically, he has he made this amazing collection. So basically, there's this thing called key bindings where you say from now on when I do this on the keyboard across the system, do this with make this the key command. And it goes way beyond what you can do onesie twosie with the keyboard preference pane, right? So you've got this thing called default keybinding.dict. It's a dictionary. And that goes into home directory library key bindings. And then you save it in there. And if you use his, oh my goodness, putting this in notes right now, go look at Brett Terpster's key bindings file. All right. I tried it and it was, it was a little too much for me. But like, if you want, like, I want to say Vim-like functionality, it right. just does so much. He does yank- yanking and stuff like that. All like if your if that- your goal is to never take your hands off the keyboard, right? This is this is yeah, something. Go, that, so did you did you see that? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Look how crazy this thing is. I don't know how you'd remember half this stuff. Well, it is confusing. But if you scroll down, basically one screen, yeah, you'll get down to move line up and move line down. Yeah. Why am I saying this? No one wants this. Oh, I, I did download his key bindings file. And I took out everything except the lines that do move line up and move line down. And I don't know, I just thought I'd mention it because I'm, I'm big on the text editors. And it's one of those things where like once it's in your finger memory, like you want it everywhere. So I've done it and now I have it everywhere and I love it. That was really boring. I'm so sorry. If you told me 20 years ago that I'd be doing almost exactly the same thing in a text editor then that I'm, you know, now that I'm doing then, I mean, it, like I still, that's my main my main tool oh, that I, I spend six plus if, hours if you had a day said in years ago, like, you know, this you're using buffers of text, right? Like Unix buffers of text right. is like your, your way for doing stuff. It still is. And that not, yes. Yeah, so number one, that you're still using text files that you're not in dot doc X like, right. all the time. Right. Ugh. But, but also that like the, I mean, like you don't need to be a Vim wizard. You could be in a GUI and do so much stuff now. It's to me, it's along the lines of, you know, going from, oh, links. What was the web browser? Was it links? L-Y-N-X? Yeah, yeah, L-Y-N-X. It's like going from links to mosaic. 
to right. go from, I mean, obviously VI and Emacs are incredibly powerful, but they are, there's a lot to learn with that. And so with these, like you can, with just a graphical, like a GUI text editor, man, you can do so much stuff. That's like, that's where I do so much of my stuff. Me too. It's, it's just it's still, and it's just so flexible. You know, like I said a few episodes ago, it means that the same file that I'm editing in NVAlt on two different Macs could also be in Elements or what have you in uh, on my iOS device. It means that my task paper documents can be opened in task paper or on the desktop. It's all synced. And, and if I want to hop into IA Writer for some actual writing, that's no problem. Like it'll it'll accommodate that on the desktop anyway. It's way easier on the desktop, but. Yeah, what isn't that interesting that you never would have guessed that you'd still be doing that? Yeah, it's basically the same thing. I remember in um, maybe the very late night, early two thousands, um, there was a software that came out for Java development that allowed you to build Java graphical user interfaces called Swing. E- Swing and Eclipse was the <laughs> Swing software. Swing was pretty. <laughs> and like, I just remember th- that in Eclipse, in this software, you you would like basically right, 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 right. You right. were drawing lines between interface components and the code, and there were so many lines. It was so cumbersome that my oh, friends and I your just fans, your fans. Uh, it's been a- <laughs> yeah, I'm like, is this is the future of like? Software development. Java, Java on Macs for the longest time. Oh, was just the, worst. the worst. The worst. Everybody be like, oh yeah, Java could look at for enterprise. That's a real different kind of thing. If you're doing enterprise, I don't know F all about this tech, from a technical standpoint, but from just having to needing to do stuff and of course experimenting with text editors and Eclipse related stuff was like I don't know, it seemed like a sibling of like the cold fusion um IDE right. and stuff in the sense of like this is an all-in-one where you can do everything with this, but man. It was like it was like dog paddling through gelatin to use that on a Mac. It was so rough. Anyway, what a time to be alive, am I right? Yeah, we gotta you are move right. on here. It's we're, we're fifty three minutes in. What's happening, Dan? It's oh, an epic episode. I know. You, um, I believe, wanted to acknowledge some nice help that you got from a person. Yes, I would like to thank publicly and uh, most gratefully Graham Hancock, who. Um, he is a friend that I've had for a while. I, I met him in person once or twice when I was visiting uh, your town, San Francisco, which is where mm-hmm. he's he's based. And for the longest time, I had been trying to get my YouTube URL, Dan Benjamin, back. And what had happened was I, I had gotten that URL or something like 10 years ago, like before Google bought YouTube and, uh, and, and it was attached to some account that never could be migrated over from whatever the original YouTube style accounts were to the, the Google style accounts hmm. they have today. And so essentially my, I had unintentionally hijacked my own URL years ago and couldn't get it back. And That's I would, so odd. it was really frustrating. And there was, there's, huh. I have been working on a video series for a bunch of things that I want to do and, and like, I have all this content ready that I've been working on and, and I've been trying to get my URL back for a long time, years even. That's not how old the content is. The content's new. It's but one I'm, of those things where like you do a little bit on it every few months and it never progresses. Yeah. And I would, so I've every periodically I would tweet about it and ask people about it and ask people. And so finally I got somebody to help me and they got it kind of halfway and then they sort of dropped off the map and I couldn't reach them anymore. And then it turned out they'd left Google. So I, it made the URL even more impossible to get. And so I don't know what Graham did 
I don't know how, who, who he talked to at some higher level YouTube support, but he put in a bunch of time and he saved this URL and it's mine that is now. So nice. And so I just wanted to say thanks to Graham and anyone else that I don't know about that behind the scenes that, that helped him get this. And this is going to allow me to, to finally put out some of the content, cool stuff that I hope people will like that I've been working on. But the thanks, thanks for letting me do that, Merlin. And thanks to Graham for all the help. Absolutely. Having a, a Sherpa rabbi, just somebody that can show you the way is so valuable. Why don't you, while we're at it, put that into show notes so people can find your nice videos. Uh, there's nothing there yet, but I will absolutely put it in. I'll put it in right now. They can book, bookmark it. Book, bookmark it. Bookmark. So there it goes. In the notes, youtube.com slash Dan Benjamin. No content yet, but if you want to subscribe to get good stuff about podcasting and other tips and tricks and all the video stuff that you've ever hoped to see from me, it will be there. That will be my home on YouTube. So thanks oh, nice. again to Graham for that. He's amazing. Oh, so nice. Such Where a nice, a nice, nice young boy. I need, oh, this is a good one. I needed recently, I'm, I'm in the market for a, uh, like a fold up kind of screen. Like oh yeah. Partition. Oh, this wasn't, is this, is this the good one? Uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna get the Rose home fashion, six foot tall, extra wide bamboo room divider, six panel room divider slash screen folding, privacy screen room divider, yeah. wall divider, room partition, separator, dividers, bamboo, six panel. There you go. Rose home, Rose home fashion, six foot, six panel, mm-hmm. six foot, six panel. You did. I, uh, I sent you a picture. You didn't have any reaction, but I got the Akemi uh, Easter 6.5 inch slow rising squishy Dan, slice Dan, jumbo soft oh, rainbow go, sheep sorry, cream scented squeeze hand wrist gift sheep. Oh God. You know what? Sorry. Get that clean. Dan, Dan, what is it you sent me? Uh, the, a photo of the, uh, Akemi Easter 6.5 inch slow rising squishy slice jumbo soft rainbow sheep cream scented squeeze hand wrist gif- gifts sheep. It's here. I'm holding it in my hands right now. You do a thing that is part of your brand. The people who don't text with you often, you you sometimes just send a photo of something. And well, it's I, hard to know what what so like in this case, you, you <laughs> feel like that really portrays what it is that you got. <laughs> to me, it looks like something a child got at a school carnival <laughs> where it's a, a cardboard box with a plastic window and you can't see what's inside. But it is kind of eldritch horror. It looks like it could be a, a green dog with a big nose that got smashed in there. I, right. I, I that's can't the, tell, but you... That's the, uh, the, the ram horn on the side of this thing. Ram horn. Oh, and that's the one... Is this the one that looks like Finn a little bit? Yep. Oh, nice. Well, congratulations on your squishy slow rise. Yeah, it's here. <sighs> I had a recommendation. Oh, this is a quick recommendation. Um... Um, so I guess like everybody nowadays, I've, I've been interested for a while in the Theranos saga and I, I initially, I think got super reinterested, uh, from the podcast called the dropout that I still highly recommend of all the stuff out there. I feel like the one that's most in the pocket for learning about what happened to Theranos, the best storytelling is in the multi-part podcast called the dropout. That's very good. But then of course I watched, uh, I watched the 2020 two hour special that was like, kind of like a televisual version of the podcast. All right. Eh, I watched part of the HBO documentary, not my tempo. I didn't think it was, despite being Alex Gibney, I didn't think it was particularly well done, but it did inspire me to go out and read the tome about this, which is John Kerry. John Kerry Rue is the writer who really, really blew the whole thing open. And he has written a book about there, and it's called Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup. And this is a book that, like, you have to read, like, through your fingers covering your face. Really? It's so, oh, it's, it's very well written. He does not... 
let's put it this way. Uh, he's not doing an Isaacson here. Like, it's very thoroughly researched and correct, but also he's not adding his own opinion to this. There's plenty that's insane about this without having to add any extra explanation of why it's insane. But basically, at, at every stage of this company, there was crazy, crazy stuff happening. It's my bedtime reading for the last week, and uh, it's very good. Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies, and Silicon Valley Startup by John Kerry Rue. Highly recommend it. If I was going to watch one of the two documentaries, which one is the better one to watch? Well, like I say, so let me go find this. The Dropout. Uh, the Dropout was a several-part podcast here we go, by ABC Radio. So, I mean, for me, this is like somebody who complains about the book being made into a movie. The podcast is so much more in-depth. Um, but with that said, if you if you can set aside two hours, I would say find the 2020 special from a week or so ago called The Dropout. It might be on a truck. It might be on Hulu. But um, it, it, that is a sort of a pretty compressed version of everything that's in the podcast. You don't get as much stuff about the Avi Tavanian stuff. The Avi Tavanian stuff was nuts. He, you know, he was Steve's, I mean, probably him and Johnny Ive, you could arguably say were his right-hand persons. All right. Like he was the OS X guy. He used to be at Next with Steve. Right. And he was, he was the czar of OS X. He had an incredibly important role and somebody who Steve really trusted. So of course, Elizabeth Holmes, who's a little too into Steve Jobs, uh, got him to be on the board. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that over time he was like, this isn't right. Like when you go to a startup and you're Avitavanian, one of the roles <laughs> that you would have there is to, or anybody who's on the board is to say like, hey, huge red flag here. Here's a crazy thing that's happening. And there'd be so much value in like asking questions. And he was just like expected not to ask questions. Eventually, Elizabeth Holmes just said, I want you to resign <laughs> I want you to resign from the board. Uh, and when you resign from the board, I want you to sign over all of your shares to Elizabeth. And then he gets basically an email with the threat of a lawsuit on Christmas Eve one night. Oh my Bobby gosh. Bobby Tavanian. So the dropout TV show does not go into as much detail as the book or the um, podcast, but it's really a hell of a story. It's not just a bag on Elizabeth Holmes. It's also, I mean, the, th the big takeaway from the Theranos story for me is part of this bigger pattern, which is there were a lot of people, whether you're talking about George Schultz, whether you're talking about Larry Ellison, all these people that were investors and stakeholders. Yeah. Like, it's this problem that is not peculiar to Silicon Valley, although they do it very well. And that problem is you have very little incentive to look at the negative aspects of what someone is doing or a company is doing in this case. Because you have a stake in that going well. It, it benefits you and benefits the company to not be a troublemaker. And if you hold out long enough in Silicon Valley, eventually, you know, you'll get your, get your payday. It does not benefit you as an A round, B round, anybody to say, wow, this doesn't really do anything. You basically took a machine for applying glue to devices and are trying to use it to run over 200 blood tests based on two drops of blood. That's insane. And it doesn't work. It's all faked. Like the entire thing was like all the levels of craziness to this. But, you know, that's the takeaway. The takeaway is like if you have a stake in this turning out hopefully well, you don't have an incentive to look at what's wrong. You have an incentive if you're the person from Theranos who's dealing with the person from Walgreens and you're both extremely optimistic about the success of this because that's how you will be evaluated well if it goes well. You don't have any reason to find out what's bananas about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Mm. Check it out. Yeah, Theranos. God, hell of a story. Um, do you want to do 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 do? Let me tell you. Let me tell you about something I like a little bit, and then what 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 is it that you like, Dan? I would like to tell you about. Well, I know you like this one too. It's the Hello Pillow. Oh, I slept on one last night. You know, a lot of people have not tried a buckwheat pillow, or maybe they don't even know what a buckwheat buckwheat buckwheat. These are totally different than like regular what we think of as like fluffy pillows that most people are used to it's yeah. more like a bean bag but what it lets you it's do the husks it's the husks of the buckwheat and it's very different from a stupid feather pillow this is this is next level pillow technologies i have two different hellos that i use based on how i'm feeling in a given night i have what, one that has how, not yeah, so what many holes well I've, I've had an evolution in my sleep i don't want to derail your your something you like oh, but this is like, fascinating. i've had an evolution i've got one so basically i've we've bought well, I think they gave us one, but we bought with money two more. And what's nice about the Hello Pillow is there's a little zipper on it, and you can like put in as much or as little of this as you want. And when you lay on it, it doesn't just go blunk. Like you, it's it's comfortable, it's cool, but it will conform to the shape that you would like it to be. And if you don't like the way that it is, it's endless. It's like Emacs. It's the Emacs of pillows. It's endlessly configurable, basically, with just moving it around a little bit. So I've got two, I got one that's very sort of overstuffed that I like when I'm kind of in the mood for that sort of thing. But lately I've been doing the real understuffed one and it's been working great. I want to like, uh, you know, if you're, it depends if you're a side sleeper, you might want that real overstuffed one. Right. The message to you is, you know, check this out. Um, I, I, I sleep on this every night and I really like my hello pillow. I mean, I don't know how much more I could add to that. That's, that's everything you need to know about it. It's still it. your whole thing. No, I love it. I, it's, huh. it this, is, this is what these pillows are supposed to do. They're supposed to help you sleep better. And, and if you haven't, you know, like these kinds of pillows, I think are really popular in, in other countries. I think especially like Japan and Asia, it mm-hmm. seems to have a lot of, of this kind of thing. But to us, it feels like a foreign thing. And when you get it, you're like, wow, the, I, can I sleep on this? What is this? It's kind of, it's kind of heavy. It's got a nice heft to it. Right. And you're used to like pillow fight, like this, this light little fluffy thing that you that's wind a, up. That's a 1930s hobo pillow. You don't want that. No, you don't want that. And no. they understand that there's uncertainty when you're trying something new, especially when it gets into that very personal private space of like sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're cool with that. They want you to try it. So they let you get it and you can sleep on it for 60 nights. And if it's not right for you, you send it back and they give you a refund. Simple. Uh, but they understand that there might be some apprehension and they want to make that seamless. And they're pretty confident that it's going to be awesome. And it is awesome. You might like it too. Go find out. It's Hello Pillow, but that's spelled H-U-L-L-O. Get it? Because you're talking about hulls. Hello? Uh-huh. H-U-L-L-O pillow.com slash back to work. Going to hellopillow.com slash back to work supports the show. Uh, but, uh, that's a special URL. And when you go there, if you try more than one pillow, you'll get a discount of up to $20 per pillow. It depends on the size is how much of a discount you're going to get, but, uh, they, you get, uh, there's free shipping on every order and 1% of all the profits are donated to the nature conservancy because they care. So go check it out and support the show. Hellopillow.com slash back to work. Thanks. Hello pillow. Bye. Thanks. Thanks. Hello. Buck, buck. Where, yeah, I was going to say, where's the bell? Well, I couldn't tell if you were done. I'm done. <clears throat> um, we don't have time to talk about our new cans. We'll save that for another one. All right. Uh, Bad Blood. Uh, the OA is back. Okay, we're down to- Have you to, watched the um, OA? Huh? Have you watched the OA yet? I just started um, 
S2E1. I'm not even up to the OA yet. She hasn't been in it yet. All right, I'm it's, gonna, a, it's like a mystery. Right I'm, I, I, I'm going to go public with something. Okay. And I, I, they never said not to. So mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that I can. I was a big fan of the first season of the OA. I, I did not like the first yeah. episode. I watched it and I was like, right. this show is a piece of crap. It sucks. I hate it. Everything about it is dumb. And I didn't watch any more of it. And then other people started to say, Dan, what are you talking about? You're a moron. Of course, it gets amazing. Amazing. And I said, all right, fine. I'll, I'll, enough people told me, I said, I'll watch a second they, they episode. Lay, it's, it's got a very weird tone. Yes. It's a very, she, all of her stuff is very peculiar to her own vision, but like, there's a lot of groundwork before you get to like, where are we going with this? Yeah. And so I, I <clears throat> let it go into the second episode and I said, all right. And then I was hooked and I loved it. And I, oh, I, I burned through the whole first season of it. I'm like this. It's got Draco Malfoy's dad. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And I thought it was really, really great. And I thought did she like, did was you really like the great. ending of the season. It was not what I expected, but I, I was on board for it. It was interesting. Yes. And, uh, and so I don't, I didn't really talk about it anywhere. And then after the first season was over, bef- when they were still in production of the, the or maybe even pre-production for the second season, I got an email from the casting person of the OA. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. is a woman there. And she says, we are working on the second season and there's a potential that we're going to be doing a scene where we need to have a podcaster in it. And we want the podcaster to be a real life podcaster interviewing, doing an interview. Hmm. Would you like to be this person? Wow. And I said, obviously, yes, I, I must be this person and I will do whatever you want me to do in this because I, freaking love this show. Like, how did you know that I love the show? And they're like, well, we didn't, but you know, if we do the scene, you're one of the people we would consider for, for doing this. And apparently wow. they were, had some others in mind. Well, I haven't watched a second season, but she came back to me and told me that they weren't going to be doing the scene after all. And I, because I haven't seen it, I don't know if that was her nice way of saying we picked someone else. Yeah. We got somebody from LA. That <laughs> right. was easier to we get. got someone who's like way, way, way closer in LA and probably, <laughs> you know, better looking to do it. But I don't know uh, if that's the case that's or if so they really nice, just didn't it's do nice it. To be asked. It is nice that's to really be asked. Cool. So yeah. Anyway. Wow. Uh, that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that. I haven't that's watched really cool. the second one, but I, I'm, I'm assuming it's as good as the first. Yeah, I'm going to be in. Well, listen, Dan, enough of this wallowing in hypocrisy. Yeah. We've been at this for an hour and nine minutes. Talk to me about, uh, so yesterday, uh, Monday the 25th, Apple had their big event announcing uh, their slate of new services, some enhancements to existing services, but in particular, I'm guessing we'll talk about, they uh, they kind of detailed what they're doing with their new TV service. They did. And, that That was a big yeah. part of it. Um, that was sort of what they had saved for the end. If we were going to go in order, um, well, I'm not sure this is actual order, but this is the order of things yeah, that... Uh, started, I think it started with Apple News. Yeah, Apple News or Apple News Plus. Um, <laughs> you know, my question is, I thought, uh, I thought that they did this with Newsstand back when the iPad first came out and that that didn't work and it was dumb and that that no one i mean aren't magazines gone now aren't they essentially just a thing of the past i don't know i mean my hang up is i just don't like using that app it drives me crazy when like somebody like john dickerson will tweet out a link and god love him i think he's an apple news user so his link is not to a web page it's a link to the apple to news the apple app, news app. i've never cotton to 
I, I mean, I guess I could say, for the sake of uh, sounding reasonable, that I should give it another chance, but I've just never liked using that app. I don't want to go to an app to read a web page, personally. Ask your question about magazines. Yeah, they absolutely still exist. I mean, I, I'm subscribed to The New Yorker, so I get the magazine delivered to our house that comes with I came with a tote bag. And of course, <laughs> it gives you web access, which I love because I am a reader of The New Yorker. Um, I mean, they do still exist, but it is a tough racket. Yeah. You know, I think that's why they acquired, I mean, to state the obvious, that's why they acquired Texture. Because, you know, remember when they first did it? And I, I, I don't, I think it was Newsstand. But remember, like, you would get these magazines that, that would like, it would take like overnight to download to your iPad because they were so heavy. I, I don't know. I, do you remember that back in the day? Part of the failure was you had, to, I think you had to pay and they were really a pain. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm open to hearing anything you got to say about any of this stuff. It's, it's a weird mix of stuff I'm not sure I need, but I'm interested, I guess. It was, it's, it seems like a, it seemed like a weird event. Yeah, it was a very weird event. And I mean, I'm, we're not, you know, we're not here to, to, to bash it, but it was just, it felt no. very strange to me. And then, okay, so Apple Arcade to me, that was something really cool. You know, it, it's the idea of being able to sort of have like a, a you, you pay some money and then you get these really, really great games that you, you can play on. to this service. Right. And that gives you access to what? Uh, to to certain games that that uh, it seems like Apple is kind of maybe bankrolling in some way to get them developed. I don't really these are, know. Are these are these existing apps? These are new apps. They they're seem not, all to not be pay to play apps. I'm guessing. N- no, they're not pay to play. Um, <laughs> and they basically it it seems like Apple Arcade is kind of. I read one article that said that Apple Arcade wants to become the Xbox of, of mobile gaming or the PlayStation of mobile gaming. And, you know, we don't know how much it's going to cost because they didn't announce any prices of, of anything. But what's interesting is that they said on stage, they're like, we're not curating games. We're backing the game development. So they're actually funding the creation of new games that will only be available through Apple Arcade and a big focus and push on on mobile, but I think they said a lot of them would work or will eventually work on the Mac as well. Right, um, right, right. So there was it, a very, very, very long demo. While yeah, I was with John, there's a demo of some kind of like a running around in some kind of. Uh, why do I always forget that word, Dan? What's the word for when you look at something not isometric? What's the word for when you look at something from like a an angle when, in video games? You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, there's a long demo of like running up and down stairs. Yeah. Like that seemed like a real long demo. Yeah, they showed that. Um, but basically you get you get like instant access to a game when mm-hmm. it when it's out, and I guess you're already paying for the service, so you get the game like instantly, and that's the only way to get it. It's like it's more exclusive. Get, I mean, content. like if a hot new game is put out and funded by Apple. How do you know if it's a game you want to play that would make you sign up for I, yeah, I have like no, a demo? I have no idea. I don't think, I don't know if you get a demo. I don't know. But, you know, it's like hmm. all, you get one subscription. There's no ads. There's no in-app purchases. You can do it on your iPhone or your iPad or your Mac or I guess your Apple TV also. You can mm-hmm. play offline. It's not just online. It gets you, right. six of your family members can get in there. And of course, everything's 
private, the Apple way and, and all of that stuff. I mean, I thought that was the, that was the big announcement to me, not the TV stuff, but hmm. the game stuff, because I think gaming, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Gaming is just such a, such a big deal. It's such a big deal that, and watching the movies pe- now, right? Yes. Yeah. And watching people play games is a big thing. Like sure. my kids, my mainly my son, that's like his favorite thing to watch is watching other people play games that he has. At yeah. first when I thought it was like, oh, well, I haven't got this new game. I want to see if it's good and see if I should buy it. But that's not what it's about. They just want to watch other people play. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I thought Apple Arcade was interesting. The Apple card to me, I really don't. I understand that they made the billing part of it look really good. That's, that's great. They made billing look really great. They, they made it so that you can see how much your, how long it'll take you to pay it on your balance based on how much your next payment is going to be. That looks fine. Um, the, the physical card is made of titanium. I guess that's what people want. I have a, I have a metal credit card that I despise. It's heavy and clunky and I hate it. Um, and, and then there's something that, uh, that John Gruber posted this morning. Um, he says, um, the, the Apple had said on stage that there would be a low interest rate. And, uh, John writes, he says a footnote on the Apple card webpage says variable APRs range from 13.24 to 24.24 based on credit worthiness. Uh, and he says that, that, um, He's like, yeah. this is right yeah. in line with the rest of the credit card industry. 24% interest ought to be criminal and 13% is not low, he says. And and that's true. Those are not low by anyone's definition of low. Uh, but then, isn't you know, this already, isn't, uh, isn't credit card stuff already a pretty crowded market? Yeah. And I mean, I guess, you know, you get it's cash kind of back and, at this point, right? I mean, yeah. are they can do their Apple thing where they, I mean, what, how do they turn this commodity where people are starving to get you a new credit? I mean, two thirds of our mail is credit card offered. <laughs> so like, what are they, they're taking, again, I'm sorry, I have not seen it. I have no, don't have a particular desire to spend an hour and a half watching this whole thing, but like, what are they, what are they adding? What value are they adding to a credit card? It has very attractive billing. Billing. Okay. It has very attractive billing. Um, billing. You get mm-hmm. cash back, 2% cash back when you use the card. Okay. And it's mm-hmm. a metal card. What's a metal card? Okay. With your name etched right on it. Yeah. That's, that, that's kind of what the Firefest guy did before Firefest. That's exactly what like 20 people said to me yesterday. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. No, <laughs> it's check your the thread first. No, no. You're, you're, these that was were, his whole thing. It was called Penis or something. Uh, what was it called? Menses? Men- he had Menses. a company. <laughs> It was penis or menses, but he, he created a company where you're going to get this exclusive metal credit card where they basically, didn't they figure out how to like basically jack the, um, the strip off of it and put it on a metal card? Yeah. Yeah. And now you get to go come to menses. Yeah. That's uh, basically, I don't, you know, I don't know. This doesn't, Yeah, this doesn't appeal to me. Um, who's excited about a credit card? Of the audience was very excited. There was some massive applause for the credit that's, card. That's a little bit of a self-selecting bias. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. All right, cool. Credit you can card. get help. You can get help by uh, over chat with it. Oh, that's nice. So like, oh, I want to update. <laughs> I want to update my address. And they just chat you and you just chat it to them. That's cool. All right. Credit card. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Apple Arcade. What does Gruber say here? Uh, da, 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 it's going to be a big hit. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And then the Apple uh, TV um, yeah. channel stuff. Yeah, yeah. Amazon Not already what has I that. Thought it was going to be. Um, 
It was very <laughs> weird when they brought up all the different, like I mentioned. First, okay, so like, okay, so I know, so they brought out a phalanx of faces that we know to talk about their Apple TV shows. Apple has recruited, I think people from, was it Sony? They brought in these people who are like, not just, it's not, they're not letting Eddie handle this one. Like they brought in some TV pros to put this stuff together and cut these deals with the Steve Carell's of the world. But let's put that away for a second. So, so I, I do want to talk, that's TV plus, correct? Yes. The TV channels is not dissimilar from what you get on say prime video where you right. could add Brit, add Brit box and stuff like that. That's right. right. Yeah. So you'd, you, in this, I guess you'd be able to go through and get Hulu or, you know, not, not Amazon prime. And the benefit there is it's all in the TV app. I think it's in the TV app. What is the benefit? I've already got Hulu. On well, and TV. that's what a Am lot I of an idiot, Dan, what, no, I'm no, not no. understanding what the new thing is. I, I think part of the new, th- and I'm, I'm trying to understand it for sure also, but it seems like it, it, you can subscribe to HBO or Hulu or some of these other ones from within, I guess the TV app. Okay. Um, Unlike the HBO that I subscribe to already on my Apple TV. Right. I'm yes, but that, but that's, so you get it in there. And okay. but a lot of people mm-hmm. were pointing out and I made a, a dumb joke on, on Twitter, which I, I'm not on Twitter very much, but when I am, I, I seem to create problems for myself. Cause I said yeah. something like uh, surprise, no Amazon prime subscription option through the Apple TV. And it was like a little <laughs> joke and a, a million people wrote and said, I have Amazon prime content in my Apple TV right now. Don't you know? Oh, here's what you do. Here's how you see it. And I said, no, I'm talking about it's like the, it's gotta be the integration it. with the TV app. Like for, for example, so th- it's kind of cool. Like uh, I, I just the TV app has been such a, a such a, a queer beast to me for years. Where like, of course, I change the mapping of my buttons to not bring up the TV app. But when I do <laughs> me go to too. the TV app, huh? I said me too. It's only yes. on, by accident like, when I ever okay, see so that. You, but you go there, and it's like it's like having the iTunes store on your TV. Right hey, here's some stuff to buy. And it doesn't integrate with the. I mean, I don't know if this is a Plex problem or an Apple problem, but it sure doesn't integrate with Plex. It does, it does bafflingly know what TV show I was watching sometimes in other places, but it's far from an all-in-one place. I'm guessing the benefit here is they, there will be a formal integration. We're finally admitting that uh, the, if the future of TV is apps, you're going to need another app to take care of all the apps. It's not, it's not fun to do the open-in thing. It says, hey, this is available on Amazon Prime Video. I'm like, yeah, awesome. Click it. Go on Amazon Prime Video. Yes, this is available to... Um, these, this is available to people who subscribe to Douchebox on here. Well, I'm not subscribed to Douchebox on Prime. Like, why did that show up in the thing? Like, ah, uh, this feels like Android or something. But I guess if it's all integrated into the TV app, that's good. But so you still need the apps. And I'm sorry, I should look into this. It's just, I don't understand what problem this solves for normal people. Well, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But I think their big thing for them was... We've got this amazing new Apple service that's going to have yes. the name the a biggest big, people Spielberg new shows Oprah, you haven't seen right yes. and and it's like you said earlier that you know they didn't have any trailers at all and that's the one thing people are saying like okay cool you had um, yeah. Steve that's what Carell Joe, and, I saw Joe Rosenstiel say that like the sizzle reels you should have I think called a sizzle reels yeah like, where it's one thing to like show a trailer of putting together a bunch of single sentences with faces you know but like where's the you know I mean that that that, that could be great one of my overriding things in this entire thing and I'm sorry I'm sorry to the our listeners and i'm sorry to my daughter who disagrees with me on this 
okay, so there's all this great integrated stuff, and I'm still using the Apple TV remote to get it. I'm still using the busted-ass interface of Apple TV with that busted-ass remote to do all of this. I guess maybe the Siri integration will greatly improve in drilling into apps. But as it is right now on Apple TV, if you do anything with Siri, you may still end up having to do the open-in game. There's no way to set a default. There's no way to say that, like, no, I don't want to go to the CBS app for this. I want to go to Hulu for that. It's still like we're still so many like light years away from what TiVo was doing in 2001. Yeah. With a way better remote. And I'm sorry, I'm, I know I'm off topic, but geez, guys, like uh, a service of services, good for you. Fix the goddamn remote. Fix the interface. Does the, does the interface look better now on Apple TV? You know, I, they didn't show a lot of that. And if what they did show, I admittedly, I wasn't paying much attention to it. At that point, I had kind of tuned out, yeah. which brings me to my next observation, which is this didn't really feel. I mean, I, I guess I guess like, I should like an app like an Apple. Yeah, thing? it didn't. It felt very much. And I've heard people compare it to a, more like a Google event where they just sort of bring people up on stage and then there's another person, another person, another, but that's what felt. And I admit, I, I stopped watching it after they brought on like the second or third celebrity. And I'll tell you why I don't like celebrities. I don't care about celebrities. I don't care what they think. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they want me to think. They are usually great actors and actresses. They're usually very good looking and, and in good shape, but I don't care what they think about personally. It's not they, something that affects your buying decisions. Not in any way. And mm -hmm. I also, you know, what... They're, but they're trying to show credibility, right? I guess, but show it in the work. Show why you do an event where you have really nothing to show without those I have those a really dumb question reels. that you're, you're going to get a lot of email about. And let me ask you this. If this same slate of services, mostly was part of a presentation by Samsung. How would you feel about it? The same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, at least with Samsung, I could probably get it on a smart TV where like I could use the remote. Of my choice. <laughs> right. I don't want to be that guy, but like, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, this is, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to temper this because I listened to relay with where Mike and Jason say people are really, they've been saying for like a year now, people are say, listen, this is not an Ashton Kutcher show. This is not, the the you know that app that dumb app thing this is not going to be like what you've seen this is going to be stuff from veteran tv people where they're throwing a lot there's like to, to quote syracuse there's a lot of wood behind the arrow to put into making great stuff and i guess you know like any of the other great streaming 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 channels they're getting creators who can make great stuff for them right but i have so much tv right now I don't know if I need a Jennifer Aniston show. I mean, I, I feel like I have so much TV and it's really hard to get to with my Apple remote. I don't, I don't know, man. I just, mm. you know, and, but they did, they, they didn't announce an all encompassing bundle. Like if they announce a $20 a month bundle, obviously I'll buy all of this, but that was not part of the presentation. Correct. That is correct. They didn't announce That's anything so and they didn't give, me. they didn't give Why any would you pricing. Not use this opportunity to say, for ten, twenty, fifty dollars a month, you get all of this plus iCloud backup plus that that'll you know what I mean? Like have a real true Oprah Oprah have a real true Oprah moment where you get to say all everything that you've seen here, like it's all going to be in the same bundle that you pay for once. 
I guess that'll be forthcoming, what, in the fall? But, like, it's just weird. It just seems weird. I thought it was very weird, Marlon. I thought it was very odd. I thought it was... I don't... I mean, I don't know. I, again, what would have gotten me and other people, I think, very interested in this would have been something really simple, and that would have been Tim Cook standing up there without any celebrity people up there at all, none needed, and said, we've been working really hard for you guys to come up with some amazing content, and we're just going to give you a little teaser of what that is. And then he rolled some sizzle reels and showed two, three, four of the shows that they're working on, and uh, and, 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 and get us interested in it. Like get us excited by what showing us the stuff, like mm -hmm. the little stupid trailer, the five second trailer thing that we get showing what game of Thrones is going to be with, um, you know, with somebody running through the, the tombs under the thing. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. I don't even want to say anyone's name like that. Now I'm like, okay, like, yes, I'm already ready to start watching this damn show again. Bring it out already. That's going to sell me on it. You know, if, yeah. if you've got Steve Carell doing something, show me him being funny for eight seconds in a show and I'll, I'll want to tune in and watch it. I don't want to hear them talking about a thing that they really can't wait to do or that they think is going to be really cool. That's, that's just <laughs> they, not they a selling point. can't wait to see point. what we do with this. Right. Like, okay, so you've got some great people. Guess what? Great people still are in movies and shows that suck. That's not selling me on anything, you know, show yeah. me some. And so my real question is why do a big event about this? If you're not really going to show anything about it, you say it's showtime, then show me something. You didn't show me anything. You talked about it. I mean, it's almost like announcing a new box without talking about what's inside the box in any kind of detail. Right. Like, and there's I, a new box you can get. There's going to be great stuff in it. There, we promise. It will be really cool once you open it, once it shows I up. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch it, but like just like having it with the sound off and then reading afterward, I'm just like, and it this seems is the like thing. The, the money shot, as they say in all of this, would have been, and here's the thing you're going to get all of this for $19.95 a month. Right. Or $29.95. Right. Or, or whatever eight. it is. Whatever it but is. With, but without, and you've got this balkanized media thing. Where it's like, I mean, okay, and I'll just be me for a minute. I'm going to be that guy for a minute. I don't like Apple News. I don't open Apple News. I read everything on the web and then send it to Instapaper if I don't have time to read it right now. So, like, I don't, I don't open Apple News. I subscribe to magazines, but I mean, like, I can already read all the magazines on the web. See, this is the kind of thing people are going to play this back in a year, and I'm going to sound like an idiot. But, like, the game stuff, okay, I guess, I, I, even as a non-gamer, I get that that has value to it. If they had... Like the like the two hundred top games available without pay for play and without needing to buy gems or whatever it was. I don't understand how you get get people excited about something they can't see. At least with uh, Star Trek Discovery, you could eventually watch that on CBS before you decide decide to describe uh, subscribe to the app. But like I don't know, I don't know. This is weird. The whole thing seems weird. It is weird, and I don't you know. But I think, and this brings us to a, a bigger conversation um, that. I think is still unfolding, but it's how does Apple look as a services company? And there's been a lot of uh, articles written talking about where does Apple go when it's iPhone isn't making a billion dollars an hour, you know, <laughs> what do they do next? What's the yes. next thing? What's the other part of the ecosystem? Because we have the iPhone, we have iOS, we have iPad. Now we have this amazing app store ecosystem around it. 
You know, you've also got Apple Music, which is I'm sure doing well for them. You've got all this stuff that they're that they're doing to create this ecosystem that makes their products even better. So here we've got an iPhone that's pretty great, and now we've got this ecosystem that's um, that's circling around it like the rings of Saturn. You know, mm-hmm. that that make it even better because yep. you have this and this and this and this. Okay, cool. And I think now especially with Tim Cook's Apple, the focus has been on providing services, but those services, because Apple is not, Apple is not a computer company. They're not even a consumer electronics company really anymore. I remember we talked about this years ago and I I wrote an article about it where I was saying Apple is no longer a computer company. They're a consumer electronics company. I think now they're moving to a third stage, which is computers to consumer electronics and now consumer electronics to what a- entertainment? Because really, if you think mm-hmm. about what most of us are doing with our iOS devices, yes, there are people who use their iPads as their main computer and, and creating on it and everything like that. Yes. But the main thing that we're using our phones with is, yeah, we're messaging with people, but I would say most of that messaging, if you look at um, an emojis and stuff, that's entertainment. Even though you're messaging someone, that's entertainment. Yes, you and I will say, oh, here's a topic for the show. Fine, that's work. But a Uh lot of what we're doing is like having fun conversations with people. Um, You know, that's a big thing that we're doing with our phones. We're also reading stuff and watching stuff, more and more watching Mm -hmm. videos everywhere, getting entertainment that way. When Mm -hmm. I'm on a plane, my iPad is like, that's my thing. You know, the whole time I'm on the trip, that's my thing because it's, it's the entertainment that we want. And I'm not saying you can't do work on it, but I'm saying that what Apple can provide is this framework for entertainment, entertainment in the form of games, entertainment in the form of, um, you know, watching videos, watching TV, watching movies. And Apple wants a piece of that. They want to create that. And so Apple's not a game company, right? But Apple's had tremendous success providing a framework for people who are making games to distribute their games, but Apple wants more. Apple wants to make it a service because then they make money from it. It's one thing for them to say, well, we're going to take 15% or 30% cut from a game that's come out and launched on this platform. But what if we could just get monthly revenue? Because see, it's all about ongoing revenue, even with an in-app, even, even if, so if I buy a game that's 10 bucks, seven of that's going to go to the app guy, um, or gal, um, the other 30% is going to go to Apple, but Apple doesn't want that. That's a one-time deal. Okay, but right. you can do an-app purchase. It's all about the recurring But revenue. Yeah, but look at how their balance sheets are going to look if they have a million or 50 million subscribers to this game system mm-hmm. where it might cost them a million bucks to bankroll a few games to get built, right? But then yeah. now they're making 10 bucks a month or whatever from a million people every month. Mm-hmm. That's why they're doing it. They're not doing it to empower individuals to create amazing games. Yeah, they're going to be able to do that, but they're doing it so their monthly balance sheets and their revenue looks good when the iPhone sales are not amazing every day. That's mm-hmm. what that's what's going on here. That makes sense. And uh, I'm I'm being texted, and I'm being told um, that. Um, the uh, Apple that the, the, the TV app will be integrated in smart TVs starting with Samsung and you'll be mm-hmm. able to it says Merlin will be able to use his LG TV remote. Oh, wow. Is that somebody I know? And he says, that, yeah, well, it's, it, yeah, I can't say. 
Uh, and then he says there is a montage of clips from the shows at the very end. Uh, I need to watch that, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, I hope they have, I hope they have good luck with it. I want them to succeed. I mean, I think it's a new, I think this is a new chapter for Apple. Mm -hmm. Um, and Craig, maybe they need, maybe they need to, this is another thing where like, maybe they're taking a bunch of stuff that's kind of become a commodity and they're going to make it really polished. Let's set aside the Apple remote for a minute. But, um, you know, whenever a big thing comes along, um, you know, I, 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 it's sometimes when, when something comes along, I think it's useful to, it can be useful to say, is this something I want? How would I use this? It's also maybe 10 times more useful to say like, who is this for? Mm -hmm. Like who cancels their plans to, to like get this thing? Who stands in line to go get this thing? And I know that's a high bar, but I guess the question I'm asking is who, who, in your imagination, who is the person who's been dying for Apple to do this? Oh, this not at Apple. Right. Who's been, who's been dying for this Apple TV plus thing? Yeah. And that that's the one that's a little bit of a poser for me. Like, I'm not sure who is crazy excited about these new services. Yeah, On, know. You know, the Apple TV that already represents this kind of like high end version of something you can get for 20 bucks now with this remote that sucks ass. Yeah. And, like, so, okay, so who, I, great, you can get on your Samsung TV or your LG TV. That's great. Like, that's fine. That's fine. But like, it's just, I, I'm having outside of the bubble of people who follow this nonsense when it's happening, like who's crazy excited about this. And I, I it's hard for me to like, imagine like who learns about this and then goes onesie twosie. Yeah. I think I really want this Apple news service because, because magazines and I don't know. I don't know. They, 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 there's a reason I'm not in the corner office, Dan. These folks know a lot of stuff and they're very smart people. And time and time again, they've been way more prescient about the interesting things than I. So, you know, I have to sit with that. But, you know, the Apple TV experience is maddening to me. And the, and the, about the last thing I need right now is more TV shows I haven't seen. I don't doubt for a second that they'll have two TV, there at least two TV shows on their thing that I'm definitely going to get excited about. I, you know, whatever. I'll subscribe to this anyway. Like that's, you know, I will, of course I will. But like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't have time to watch the OA. Anyway, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I sound like an old man. Well, not really, but yeah. I, I want to, I want to add Craig who is at FPC Craig. Oh, sure. Says, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, Dragon was TSR. I had the pre-Dungeon Master's Guide Dungeon Master Guide issue for years. Wow. I know. Wow. That's OG. so cool. It's cool to me. Cool to me. I love that stuff. I used to love the covers of that magazine. And the last uh, company that we want to thank for making this show possible. Hey. Is. Yeah. Grammarly. 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 Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. They encourage everyone, even the best students and top professionals like me, to use Grammarly yeah. to do their best work and accomplish even more of their goals. So at, at its yes. heart, Grammarly is a writing assistant that basically makes you look and sound smarter. And that's, that's its goal. It's available on multiple browsers, Chrome, Firefox, Safari, Edge, and tons of platforms, iOS, Android, Windows, Mac, and their free product, it reviews critical spelling and grammar and, and, and helps you fix that stuff. But Grammarly Premium, that's where it's at. This looks out for spelling and grammar, plus 
advanced punctuation, structure, style within context, vocabulary suggestions, conciseness, and readability for different occasions. So it knows, are you, you tell it, oh, this is a business proposal versus an essay versus a blog post. And it will give you readability advice and restructuring based on the kind of writing that you're doing. So you're not going to make typos on your phone anymore, um, but you're going you're gonna to write more cohesive emails. You're going to write better proposals. You're going to write better essays. You, it'll even help you like with your resume if you're trying to get yep. a new job. And that's what they're all about. I have been using those little, this. Those little dingling errors that really get you. you Seriously. Know? It'd be and nice to have somebody standing over your shoulder making sure you're not being a dingle. That's what it's like. And my mom was an English professor. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so when I was a kid growing up, I would ha- be able to ask her, oh, well, how should I do this? And she'd, she'd use a word like gerund. Mm-hmm. And then I would have a better paper and I would get a better grade. Well, Grammarly is basically my mom, except for you guys. <laughs> So you, it's mass. It's it's, mom is a service. That's right. I never thought of like that. So go to Grammarly. It's spelled G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y, Grammarly.com slash back to work. You go there, you will get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. Grammarly.com slash back to work, 20% off your premium. Go check it out. And thanks very much to Grammarly for making this program possible. Merlin, Xavier, man. Hmm. Grammarly, Grammarly. Grammarly. <laughs> bok, bok. That's pretty, that's pretty good right there. That's good right there. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, wow. You're going to get so much email. I can't wait. You, lo- you love email. I do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, of we will. We'll see. Hey, good luck with your sword, buddy. Be careful, huh? Yeah, I'll be very careful. It's still pokey, right? Even if it's not that sharp, it's still pokey. Well, the tip is very yeah. sharp. Exquisite. <laughs> Sensitive. <laughs> Let's button this up. All right. Hey, okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man. Okay, buddy.